Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio, WLMW 90.7 FM, Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Well, as we head into the month of July and wrap up June, which was Pride Month, I know so many of you as consumers um, were just, you know, overall, you have fatigue from seeing the flags and, and the rainbow out there in honor of Pride Month. But then there were also a lot of disturbing videos that we were seeing out there during Pride Month and the and the parades and the different celebrations that were out there, including I saw a lot of uh, a lot of videos and photos of naked men and kids walking alongside them on the street. And I almost pulled some of those, but I decided that just was not appropriate for our audience. So I did not put those up there, but trust me, they're all over social media. They're all over the internet. If you want to go um, check those out yourself and see for yourself that this is actually real. And um, so we're going to invite on today. I am honored to have trans man Scott Nugent coming on the show today. He, you might recognize him from Matt Walsh's document documentary, What is a Woman? And he has just been very outspoken about his journey transitioning from a woman to a man and um, how they are coming after our children uh, today with these transgender surgeries and how they are not reversible in the way that the media would like like us to believe. And so he is an advocate for the youth out there and trying to help, um, help prevent these, these heartbreak, irreversible uh, transitions from taking place in our youth. So it's going to be a uh, very thought provoking conversation here today. And, um, you know, one that every parent really needs to listen to and needs to continue to stand strong on this, no matter how loud the voices on the other side saying, you know, that you are not being tolerant or a bigot or whatnot, you know, really Scott has a heart for the kids out there. And so many of us that are trying to uh, fight this issue, we too, we just want to save our children children and prevent them from going through um, these surgeries and all of the different mental health hurdles that come along with these and really treat the mental health issues um, at their heart as opposed to masking them with um, this ideology. So I'm looking forward to speaking with Scott here soon after we hear from our show sponsors. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God given inalienable rights. 
Hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hi, Taryn. How are you? We are doing good. Thank you so much for joining us over the, the 4th of July holiday. We're taping this, and so I appreciate you taking time out. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, speaking about this. I know it's it's kind of hard to, to do so. You know, when, when you did your intro, I do want to kind of correct you on one thing, because we're doing right? Um, you said, you know, men transitioning to women and women in transit. That doesn't happen. And and we're, like I said, words are very important. So the reality is, is that medical transition is cosmetic surgery. It doesn't fix anything. You know, anybody that does it deserves, you know, respect and, and dignity under the, the, the laws. But convincing convincing society that it's life-saving, well, it uh, opens up a new trillion-dollar industry. So nobody transitions from one gender to another. It's just an illusion. Thank you so much for saying that. I think that it's really important that people understand and realize that because you're right. So many people have this idea in their head that you can transition. You're someone who's gone through it yourself. Maybe talk a little bit more for people, explain to them what that actually means, that you really can't um, really actually, you know, create those other body parts in the way that people are trying to say. I, I can talk about that. But one of the things that, that I think is kind of interesting is that, okay. um, I mean, before we got on, I was talking about activism, how, you know, I didn't realize activism was a business. I just, you know, got into it to try to save kids and all that kind of stuff. And so I came into it not ever being an activist. And my ex-wife used to make fun of me for not watching the news. And I used, used to always tell her, you know, if I'm ever watching the news, it's because I'm shaking the earth. I don't want anybody else telling me what's going on with, with the world kind of a thing. Um, so I I never really was into activism. I was never really into politics at all. And so I jumped into this thinking that, hey, you know, people that are in this just want to help help kids. And and the truth is, is that we have these sub-tribes and you're you're in a subtribe yourself, you know, being, uh, you know, faithful, you know, right wing over here. And then you've got, you know, your left wing over here. Then you've got your gay over here. And then you've got your this over here. Well, what happens when you do that with, with social media, what I think happens is that you create these huge, huge blind spots, right? Because you and I are not supposed to get along, right? I'm a lesbian, trans man, that kind of stuff. So you and I are, are not supposed to get along. Uh, but the truth is, is that we probably have more in common than what you think that we do. And so when, when we kind of remove the idea that, that we have this subtribes and we just have human beings. And when you, when you pull apart the, the, you know, activism on this side, the activism on that side, all the donations, you just look at the truth. Uh, that's the blind spot that nobody's looking at. So the only thing that I try to do is just say, Hey, you know what? I know that, that you are a, a, a religious person, put that Bible down for two seconds and listen to me. And then the Bible person, you know, comes over here and says, put that, you know, gay flag down for two seconds and listen to me and put that liberal flag down and put that conservative flag down. And then let's talk about, let's talk about the realities of, of what's happening within our society. And here's what's happening with our society is we have created such a huge disconnect as human beings um, that we're butchering an entire generation of children. And I, and I want your listen, listeners to hear me very, very clearly on this. We're butchering an entire generation of gender-confused children with a process that every single um, study that came out that said that it was beneficial has been retracted. With oops, doesn't help anything. We're sorry, or not enough time, uh, not enough participants to see if it's even beneficial. Only one long-term study stands, and that long-term study is over three, uh, 30 years. And what it's finds is that these kids that are medically transitioning because they're suicidal, the highest point of suicidal ideation is seven to 10 years after. And I can talk about that, but think, just soak that up just for a little bit. 
that, that we're butchering an entire generation of gender confused children. We're butchering kids that don't fit in at 11, 12 years old that um, don't realize not fitting in is awesome, but you don't figure that out until you get a little bit older. We're lying to these kids. These kids are either autistic. They're either uh, mentally gifted. They are same sex attracted, regardless of how you feel about homosexuality. I don't care. You can feel however you want. Just don't take away where I want to live my work, don't beat me up and give me laws. Other than that, you can have any p opinion that you want. Um, you know, so we're taking these children that don't fit in and we're telling them that they do with a process that will make them more suicidal, uh, that now the complications have gone from 12 complications of medical transitioning kids to 26. We have kids in, we have hospitals in Europe. Sweden's a leading country for medicalizing human beings has absolutely shut down transient kids because Girls' spines aren't fusing together properly. And I don't think people realize this, that we have 15-year-old girls that are walking like this and they won't live until they're, they're 30 years old. But flip on Twitter, flip on the news, flip on this, flip on that. And, and all you see is, you know, unicorn farts and glitter bombs. And everybody's offended on, on the, you know, the gay side that, you know, hey, wait a second. You know, it's no longer we want the rights that everybody else has. It's like the gay community has gone to, uh, yeah, we want the rights and we want you to believe, think exactly how we do. And if you don't, we're going to cancel you. And that's not right. It's not right. I think that's why so many parents feel like they are in, in between a rock and a hard space with all of this. I think that a lot of parents are, you know, thinking along the same lines as you, they understand that this is a way that kids are feeling like they are part of a certain community, a way to fit in. And, you know, whether it's the today's trend, I think I feels like a trend to me, uh, the, the transgenderism in our youth, whether, you know, it's something like that, we've always had something that kids want to use in order to fit in. Right. And so Absolutely. this feels like it's part of that trend. And, but in the past, parents have been able to, you know, have that conversation and that dialogue with their their kids within their community without being completely just canceled in the way that you you say there. So I feel like parents are either, you know, standing strong and standing up for it and taking the lashes if, you know, if they have to, or they're caving because they don't want to be that person that isn't tolerant well, sure. or or whatnot. So, so here, here's the difference. I've got three kids at the age that they're, you know, medically transitioning children. So I'm not just, I'm not flying into this. There's so many people that fly into this from an activism standpoint, you know, start these things, you know, make money. All that. I'm doing that. I got three kids at the age. And trust me, this is not something I do not like to sit in front of a camera and go, Hey, don't be as stupid as I was. Don't let your kids be as stupid as me. Hey, by the way, I'm not probably going to live long enough to see my grandkids and that fun, fun stuff. Um, I do it uh, because I'm a parent. Because I know that our children have these different things that that they go through, you know, you know, the vegan, I'm vegetarian. We, all right, sis. OK, great. What kind of what do you want on your hamburger on next Tuesday? Oh, cheese. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, you know, they go through those things that are harmless. Right. <laughs> And, you know, even if, if, if one of your kids says, Hey, you know what? I think I'm gay. Well, all right. You're 12 years old. You're not having sex with anybody. Let's, you know, let's have dinner and let's worry about that when you're 18, you know, childhood short, you can kind of blow that off. Right. <clears throat> well, what are they doing with, um, what are they doing with, with transgenderism? What is the, the, basically the advertising that they're doing with it right now, which is it's reversible. It's safe. It's a pause button. They are feeding PR is feeding parents 
the idea that this is about a child thinking that they're going to be a vegetarian, that, you know, they are bisexual or that they are gay or they are super liberal or, you know, just go through the whole thing. It's not just gay stuff, anything that kids go through and, you know, totally opposite of, of you know, these kids, you know, you had them and you're like, yeah, whatever, you're a vegetarian, whatever. Um, but they are PRing parents with that same thing. And then on top of it, they're kind of circling the parents with, you know, unicorn farts and glitter bombs. Most people don't care about homosexuality anymore. You know, they know you're, you're not going to take our rights away. Um, you know what? We're not going to get fired from jobs, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, asking other people to believe how we believe. I mean, how, how hypocritical is that, right? I mean, my community has absolutely, completely, totally and utterly disgusted me. I'm, I mean, I'm ashamed of it uh, through and through. But we're feeding parents the idea that this is like kids saying that they're a vegetarian and they're not. And so here's, here's what happens is that your listeners are listening to this and, and a lot of them are probably going, Oh my God, really? All the studies that have been out, they're all retracted. Wait a second. They're going to be more suicidal. What are you talking about? Like 26. I thought it was, I thought it, I thought, yeah, they're not telling anybody that the, the, the harm that this is doing to, to children is, is, is just early onset osteoporosis uh, is what the boys are getting from these puberty blockers. We have, we have kids that are 19 and 20 years old that have lungs in the size of 10 and 11 year olds that will never grow because of pause. You know, they pause that puberty, they pause that timeline. You know, we've got girls that are on uh, heart medication at 22. We've got girls that are having pulmonary embolisms. We have sterilized, uh, we have sterilized children. We are now seeing a suicide epidemic. Go ahead and just Google, you know, trans suicide. You'll see it all 19, 20, 21 years old. They're all medically transitioned. You won't find any suicides, you know, with somebody that was denied that but unfortunately our our society is only seeing a part of this and the reason why is because people like you and me we're not supposed to talk and that is just never who i have been we can have differences of opinions that's called debate that keeps a balanced society one of my best one of my friends that i love to death his name is michael brown total evangelical i mean super evangelical right so we're like kind of like this Right. And we talk about homosexuality and stuff. And I just, you know, I said, okay, Michael, you're effed. And he goes, all right, well, you're fudge too. And then we move on, you know, kind of like you do with family, like your aunt Sally that you go on Thanksgiving and go, yeah, she's crazy as hell. We still love her. I mean, that's what we need to get back to is the idea that it's okay that we don't agree on all this stuff, but the medicalization of children has nothing to do with love and tolerance. The medicalization of children is about money hands down and we could talk about it a little bit more uh but there's nothing right about it it's it's a black and white issue in in politics or activism very few black and white issues this one is one i completely agree with you on that and i think that you know we've talked a little bit on our show about the the money and all of the money that they make but we haven't really gone down that path about the medical side and the ear you know how it really is irreversible and I think a lot of people understand that. And so we don't have to really go down that part, but I, I don't think people understand like you were just alluding to there, the long-term medical consequences, yeah. you know, what are, how, how long has it been since you transitioned and what are a few examples of what you personally are experiencing? Well, here's the thing we're talking about activism again, right? Yeah. So now we've got a new pod of activism, right? With, you know, the feminists and the evangelicals, you know, are all picking up these D trans, you know, kids that are 19, 20 years old. 
and they're picking up these these girls that were on testosterone for a couple of years during a process where they're going through puberty, right? So then when they get off of testosterone, they still have estrogen within their body. And they're not 100 percent medically transitioned. And, you know, they could go through life and, and appear a, a, as as female. Some of them don't. Some of them have deeper voices and all that kind of stuff. But they're but they're cherry picking the detransitioners, right? Just like they cherry picked the transgender, you know, ones that, oh my God, this person passed and this detransitioner, now they passed because they went back and they pass over here. And I'm just in the middle going, hey, can we have some reality? And the reality is, is that when you're on cross-sex hormones, it, testosterone is, is a, <laughs> testosterone adds estrogen blocks. So um, when you are a female, and it doesn't matter how old you are, when you start taking testosterone, it's going to add things. It's going to have your facial hair grow, your, your skin changes, your, the bones on your face. I mean, I could do like a picture of me before I transition and, and after, and it's, it's almost like there's a sister kind of there. They're, yeah, they kind of look alike, but I don't know. And the bone structure changes. So testosterone is, is a changing product there. I will never, ever, ever look like how I used to look ever. Uh, if I, you know, decided to, you know, put a, uh, you know, a bow in my hair and, and wear skirts around just to make somebody, you know, look good or feel good. You know, I would look like a trans woman for the rest of my life. So we're putting so much pressure on these kids to medically transition that it's going to make them fit. And then they take testosterone for four or five or six years or whatever. And then we have all the evangelicals and all the, you know, all the feminists going, oh, you know, you could do trans, you could do trans. And they're all calling them she, 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 she. And they're getting all this attention, all the, you know, everybody's, you know, looking at them. And then the lights go down and they go to the 7-Eleven and somebody goes, yeah, uh, what do you need, sir? And, and they get served for the rest of their life. And they look like they're 17-year-old boys for the rest of their life. You know, at, at some point, we've got to actually find a heart as human beings. You know, that these kids deserve to to have some kind of calmness in their life. And if it means that, hey, you know what? I medically transitioned when I was a kid. It wasn't for me. I wish I would have never done that. I tried to detransition. I don't like to go into every store that will ever go in for the rest of my life and say, it's ma'am, like I'm a trans woman. You know, I'm just going to kind of acquiesce. I did it. This is a choice I made. And this is this is what I'm going to go on. Um, so for me, activism and all this kind of stuff, I have very, very... <laughs> Very, very, very few uh, people I respect within this realm because it is it, it's not about saving anybody for a lot of people. I appreciate you you talking about that because I think some people maybe listening to this might be wondering exactly what the exactly what you described. You know, if if Scott, uh, you know, is so against um, so against this movement and wants to help people and you know doesn't really appreciate you know the path that he went on, why doesn't transition why doesn't he go back to to being kelly or being you know sure. a woman like he was before i think yeah that's that's a question that's a question i get a lot and i think we're frozen right here are you still there okay are you there that's a question oh, I that i get back. a lot <laughs> that's a question that i get a lot and here's what i say when i did that interview with what is a woman i had i hadn't been on testosterone for 17 months um, I'm completely hundred uh, percent medically transitioned, which means that I have, I will have to take synthetic hormones for the rest of my life, whether it be estrogen or Western, whether it be testosterone. So what you saw in what is a woman is just a man that has kind of some fat shifted to different parts is what I look like. You know, so I look like an odd shaped, uh, you know, man from, from that point of view. So that is detransition. And unfortunately that's not what people want to see. And so for me, I'm 50 years old. 
I've done this. I put my family through enough. I put my kids through enough. I put everybody through enough. And what I don't think people realize is a lot of people that do this are looking for attention. So when that attention wears off with transition, they do the D trans thing. And then when that wears off, they go back to the trans thing and they keep going back and forward and back and forth. And at some point you have to say, Hey, this is something that I did. And so for me, when I look at clothes now, I go, what do I want to wear? What would make me feel good? Um, I don't ask anybody to call me any pronouns that they want. I know I'm a biological woman. I call myself a trans man so that uh, people understand that it's it's permanent. Um, but but that's a whole that's a whole that's a whole different animal where we're kind of taking this into an activism role. Right. We are taking these kids, telling them something's wrong with them. OK, you go over here, then we'll go over here. We'll go over here. And at some point you have to say what what's best for these kids. And um, nobody's really doing that. I agree with that. It seems like, you know, they're paraded out there on social media and, you know, there is, um, you know, there is a way to help other people by sharing your story in this same way that you are and, and speaking out without, um, you know, taking it maybe to that next level. And especially, you know, you're an adult, especially these you know, these kids, these teenagers, these young adults um, who are still like right in the thick of it, trying to figure it out as they go. And, you know, I mean, we're all still always trying to figure it out. Right. But very much so whenever you are an adolescent, you Tara, mentioned I thought of something. Right. I just thought about yeah. this last night. I was, I was laying in bed last night and um, I do this 24 seven and and I give a lot of people my my phone phone number. I, I just did the Rainbow Rebellion in, in, in St. Louis and you know, there was a detransitioner that was not doing well. And it's like, people are around me going, you do this all day. Yeah, I, I do this all day. You know, I, I do this all day, every day, finding people. I find detransitioners, transitions, all that kind of stuff. I, I find a mental health hospitals. I mean, I've had one call me with a gun in their mouth. I mean, it's every single day. And, and I don't think that people realize that whatever you guys think that this is some kind of political thing, it's not political. These are human beings. These are human beings that are absolutely lost. I mean, I had text last night, just one after another, after another, after another, after, after somebody that had medically transitioned, has been on, you know, testosterone for, I think, 15 years, then detransitioned and um, wants to know if, if he looks like a female or, or male or what kind of haircut or this and that. And I just finally, I just said, it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what anybody else sees. You are a soul at this point. You know, you're a soul, so, so do what you need to do to be okay, but you're focusing on what other people see. So if other people see a man and they want to use he, I'm totally okay with that. If other people look at me and see a she, then there's something wrong with them, they need glasses. But if they want to call me she for a, you know, for a stance, go for it. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond that now. I'm beyond it. I think what you just pinpointed there is really at the heart of why so many parents have become very um, passionate about this subject, whether their children are, are, you know, experiencing gender dysphoria or not, is that our kids seem to be so lost more than They're they lost. ever have been so lost. And I think parents are a scared that their kid might get caught up in this, in their journey of being lost and B so parent, so many parents feel helpless in this world of their kids feeling lost. And I think that this is just one piece of that puzzle of kids feeling lost and then parents feeling hopeless on top of their kids feeling lost. You know, what's kind of interesting, um, Taryn, is, is I'm 50 years old. I mean, I, I, I went through the whole, you know, 
getting gay and, and lesbian rights. And all. I call them righteous rights, which are, you know, not getting kicked out where we live, being able to work where we want to work, you know, having the same, you know, connection to our partners, you know, in life and death and all that kind of stuff. Gay marriage, I've never really, you know, what if it's a religious thing, I don't really care about that, you know, but just those rights, those, those are what I call righteous rights. And we, we fought for those. And, you know, time has told us that, you know, people who are same sex attracted, it doesn't change. It doesn't. You know, you can even talk to the conversion therapist. Michael and I go, you know, back and forth with this. You know, your conversion therapist, yeah, he says he's still attracted to dudes. He just chooses not to. So nothing's fixed there, Michael. Nothing's fixed. But, you know, you can make that choice. We go. So what I'm saying is that in time, we've, we've realized that that's not going to change. What you do with it is a choice. You can do whatever it is that you want to do with that choice. But therapy, you can sit down in therapy and talk about same-sex attractions. It's not going to go away. And that is, unfortunately, that is a reality. Now, the reality of gender dysphoria is the exact opposite. So, you know, all those movies that we saw when we were growing up on, you know, all the gay kids that, oh my God, that's so terrible. They had that happen to them. They couldn't change that, you know, reverse that. And people get pissed off when I say this, but reverse that. And uh, the evangelicals are right <laughs> with, with transgenderism. It's something that you can uh, work through in therapy and you should work through in therapy. Uh, it's not something that you are. It's not ingrained. It is not anything that is um, healthy for, for people to do. Going into it thinking that it's life-saving. I mean, you have to you have to parallel it, right? If, if there was a woman who uh, was getting older and had, you know, wrinkles on her face and was like, if I don't get a facelift, I mean, just imagine it. She's at the surgeon's office. If I don't get this facelift and you don't get rid of these uh, wrinkles, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, I, I, I was not born to have these wrinkles at 55 years old. I'm not. I'm a not wrinkled person. And I just feel hated. And you need to help me. You need to fix my, my wrinkles because I'm going to kill myself. And, you know, he'd go, hold on just a second. He'd like walk out and go, uh, cuckoo, cocoa puffs, you know, room one, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Those are all the, those are the people that are getting fast tracked. I mean, the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? I mean, that's what they're saying. I was born in the wrong body. Instead of just coming in and going, you know what? I might feel a little bit better presenting uh, or, you know, doing this kind of surgery on this side. I wish we would get to the point where nobody would have to do anything, but we're not there yet. And so until we categorize this as uh, cosmetic surgery, we're, we're going to be in a really, really bad situation. I think that is a great, um, you talked about at the beginning, you know, language is very important. And I think that that is a great uh, thing that people listening to this can take away from it is whenever you are, you know, talking about it with other people or, or, you know, reading headlines about it or what have you is to, is to start using that word um, cosmetic surgery. I think that, I think that that's great because it really is just, um, it's a cosmetic and a Band-Aid to the real deeper issue. Um, I want to get into a little bit about what you are doing with the Rainbow Rebellion and, and your different um, different ways that you're helping people. And I want to transition into that by talking a little bit about Pride Month. And, um, you know, it gets more intense every year. And, um, you know, I think so many people have fatigue about it, right? Whether Wherever you stand on the LBGTQ, um, you know, any of that, I think people are just so sick of, of how much it's being shoved um, in our faces. But again, going back to parents, I think a lot of parents are really, again, scared for their kids, scared what, you know, all of this messaging they should is be. doing. Yeah. should be. They should be. You know, the LGBTQ is uh, banned in my house on, on online. 
And I, I'm double quoted on the damn thing. You know, I'm a lesbian trans man. I, and I'm an elder. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I got this pitchfork. Uh, yeah, it's bad. It's, it's, it's not cool. We've, we've gotten to a place where, um, here's what I like to tell people. And I'll talk about the Rainbow Rebellion, but here's what I, I, I like to help people understand is that in 2015, we want all our rights, right? Those righteous rights, whether or not, uh, believe what you want to believe about homosexual, totally okay with me. But we won rights that every human beings needed to have. And it was at that point that the decent gays and lesbians and transgender people, we all went home to raise our kids, right? And we just, you know, we just went home. And so things started to happen with the LGBTQ orgs of the world. You know, the LGBTQ of, of UK and the United States, they, they filed bankruptcy in 2015. No more donations were coming in, right? Same sex, you know, marriage, you know, all those rights were done. Well, just imagine a, a room full of gay people, all the righteous gays and lesbians went home and just imagine all the, you know, all the ones that, you know, all the decent ones had to go, you guys shut up. You guys are kind of nuts. Get out of here. We really like you helping us, but you, you're not leading nothing. Those are the people that re remained. And they're all sitting around this boardroom going, okay, we don't have any donations coming in. What are we going to do? Uh, I don't know. We're going to file bankruptcy. And then all of a sudden that same year, they had a 32% year over year growth and they signed with mermaids with, which is the organization that is focused on the medicalization of children. They went from bankruptcy to 32% year over year growth in, in, in one year. We have Trevor project, which is uh, an organization that does all these bills that you see like, you know, next kindergarten, you're going to have these kindergarten packets basically that says you could be transgender if you're a boy and likes pink and a girl. I mean, this is serious shit and people are not paying attention. So, you know, a couple of years ago, 2017, uh, Trevor had about $477,000 donations. They're up to 12 million in two years. Where do you think that's coming from? Pharmaceuticals, right? And so, you know, all of this is is such a huge, huge political thing that, that society has no idea what's going on. So the Rainbow Rebellion is basically, you know, like gays against groomers like Jamie Michelle and me and, and some other people just coming up and saying, listen, this is not who we are. This is not who we are. The majority of gays and lesbians, when you sit down and talk to them, are not for the medicalization of children if they if they know what's going on. Um, they're not for pushing homosexuality. Are you crazy uh, on this? It, and, and so we've kept quiet for so long because of our subtribe, right? Nobody wants to get kicked out. Well, I'm about as far kicked out at every subtribe ever. And so I just tell the truth. And so what I found is that there's other people that feel like I do. And so we're, you know, revolting. I call it the rainbow rebellion. We're, we're unleashing the straits. Like saying, please take your masks off about this kind of stuff. You guys got to scream about this. And if you don't know how, just get behind and, you know, support organizations like us. And then, you know, kind of scream over here on the right and then go, yeah, listen to Scott. And then sit back down. And, yeah, stop trans kids. You know, if you can't do it, you know, let us do it for you. But you, you guys have got to start pushing back because this is wrong. I appreciate you a speaking out, you know, for all of those, you know, in your community or your wider community or what have you, but also getting to the heart of, because this is something I talk about a lot on the show about being skeptical about everything and all of the different organizations that are out there, no matter, you know, which side they're on or, or what have you. And a lot of these political organizations or these activists activism organizations on how they can never actually really achieve their goal because then like you said then it's done then they no longer need to be um collecting money and things like that so um i think that facets you know, society uh right now but 
us. And this was something of all of the, the stuff that I saw, whether it was, you know, naked, naked people on the street during Pride Month or what have you, you know, things that just were alarming to the eyes. This I, chant that I heard on NBC News, NBC News posted this, this cut to the heart of, of me and one that was really, um, disturbing to me. So I want to get your, your thoughts on this and tell people again, cut to the heart of it, because like you said, there's so much more going on here than what surface layer of these headlines and everything. So here is one bit from NBC news during pride month and a uh, pride parade. It says we're coming for your children chant at NYC drag March elicits outrage, but activists say it is taken out of context. And so the article on NBC News goes on to say, the coming for your children chant has been used for years at Pride events. According to longtime March attendees, one of many provocative expressions used to regain control of slurs against LGBTQ people. And in this case, they said right-wing activists are jumping on a single video to weaponize an out of context remark to further stigmatize the queer community. So this seems um, to, like you said, be kind of putting people against one another during the, from this headline. And um, what are your thoughts on on it? Is it not as it seems to us that are saying, "Wait, why are they chanting your your children?" That makes us very nervous. You know what I mean? Tell us so, what your yeah, thoughts are on this. They're after your kids. They're after your kids two ways, and this is just reality. Yeah, hate me like me. I don't care. You know, I'm I'm not in this. You know, to get ma major donations. I never will. But I move mountains because I'm honest. So there's there's two reasons why they're coming after your children. The first is money, and I'll talk about that. The second is pedophilia. Whether or not you guys want to admit it or not, um, you know, if you have anybody from the LGBTQYZ whatever in school systems talking about sexuality, just think of it this way. Think of it at your child is in the library. Some gay man comes in, dressed like a woman, sit down, talking about blowjobs with other men. Now, would you be okay with that? No, that's happening right now in school. Absolutely not. Whether or not you realize it or not, uh, they have been, schools have been caught, you know, giving out, you know, talking about this kind of stuff and, and kids taking pictures of it and, and stuff. So pedophilia ha has infiltrated your school systems and say whatever you will. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, Double quoted on the rainbow. That's happening. Number one. Number two, we have politicians like, you know, politicians in, in, in Texas, like your governor, you know, Governor Abbott in 2015 started taking money from a gender clinic that was siphoned through the Southwest. In two years, it totaled $2.4 million worth of, of money that was siphoned through. And all of a sudden you saw gender clinics popping up all over the state in, in Texas. Still to this day, even though that that bill is passed, Texas is still the leading hub for the medicalization of children. He hasn't done squat to stop medically transitioning kids, number one. Number two, in 2015, when he started taking money, uh, there were 22 kids that were on puberty blockers. In the two years that he took $2.4 million, that had increased 4,000%. When he started taking money, just puberty blockers, the money that would have generated out of those 22 kids on a, on like a four year scale, this is how long we have those kids on there, would have maybe tilted between 3.5 and uh, $5 million, depending on how they took them. So that was the profit margin, right? You know, $5 million. Now, two years later, after it increased by 4,000% after Governor Abbott started taking money, that increased to just under $100 million. So it went from $5 million to $100 million. Well, this tells us two things. First of all, Abbott is terrible at, at uh, negotiating for money. 
because they should have asked for more. Um, and second, <laughs> that this is all about money. I mean, that that profit margin, talk to any executive about that. You can go from five million to a hundred million and you've got unicorn farts and glitter bombs and you've got, you know, drag queens circling you around. That you're just the greatest people in the entire world. And then that Abbott is a total, you know, against same-sex marriage. I don't call very many people bigots. I don't. He's one. I don't like him. I think he's, I think he's totally hypocritical, uh, just, just researching him and what he has done. Not this bill, but the year prior. Now, he took $2.4 million, right? Um, we had a bill that would have banned the medicalization of children two years ago. Four days before that bill passed, Abbott took another $250,000 check and went on a four-day spree to throw those bills off the floor, basically get the banning the bills saying, you know, we need to accept people for who they are, getting kudos from the from the gay community, right? And and uh, so he pushed that bill off. And then two months later, when, you know, I've called him about 20 million times, he realized this, this person's nuts, which I am with kids, I'm not going to stop, you know, uh, made the statement about, you know, medically transitioning children is child abuse stopped zero kids from medically transitioning all these articles about how nobody medically transitions in texas uh and then you know the whole year then we passed this bill and uh he says you know what i'm gonna sign that bill i'm gonna sign that bill you know to stop medicalization of children the next day he signs on the transgender bill everybody thinks it has to do with the kids and then the day before the um you know the the one year anniversary of what is a woman came out where i absolutely slammed him to the floor you know, in, in 200 million people watching, who all of a sudden he signed the bill. Oh, he's protecting trans kids. This is what I'm talking about. So we're talking about the, the, you know, the sewer of the LGBTQ, but we're also talking about the sewer of your community and you have to hold your people accountable. Abbott, why did you take almost $3 million from trans and kids? Why is Texas still the leading worldwide hub? Why is it four days before we would have passed this bill, you accepted the $250,000 check? Why is it that the day before this comes out that you're throwing your hands up, having all these confetti that you stopped medicalization of children? Why is it that people don't know that Texas is the leading hub worldwide for everybody in the world to go to? They go to your state because you're so corrupt. You have to hold those people accountable just like I have to hold mine. Thank you. No, I think that you're 100% correct there. And I think that, um, you know, really showcasing that that is what's going on. And um, I myself, I'm from I'm from St. Louis. And so I appreciate, you know, the fact that you were there and doing your work. And, and um, you know, came came forth and you know that we're exposing this we're exposing it um from the inside and we're exposing it to the lawmakers who really are not doing much of anything about it and um also the ones that are you know taking away missouri is the is the 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 leading state missouri excuse me missouri is the um the head honcho was stopping the medicalization of children and you know what there's a there's a really interesting story there and i'd like to tell it if, if you don't mind um, yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear it. I always talk about this. Senator Moon, super evangelical. Like before we, you know, go into anything, we're all, you know, you know, they all pray, speak in tongues. I'm there with all the gay people, gays against groom. We're all doing, we're all loving each other, all that kind of stuff. You know, don't, we all don't agree on anything, but we, we want to, you know, stop the matter. All right. You know, Senator Moon, let's pray. Yeah, blah, 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 right. Let's go. Um, but just respecting everybody. Right. I yeah. really, really like this guy. Um, so I've been working with him for two years. 
And so he told me the speech that he was going to do, and he's going to do the detransitioners. And he went, Senator Moon, it's not really going to work that well. You can't use these kind of language, that kind of language, whatever. He introduced the bill and he talked about, uh, you know, evildoers and all this kind of stuff. And I just went, oh, my God, <laughs> he just lost it. So I'm like, I got to get kicked out of this courtroom to get any kind of news something because he's just absolutely lost it we had one senator senator razor i call him senator gay because that's all he is he's you know i'm senator gay that's all i am that's all i think about that's all i know i'm senator gay uh senator razor and uh just attacked senator moon you know after his introduction of the bill <laughs> and then we had the um you know the whistleblower that came out you know the 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 woman who's married to a transgender man who considers herself queer uh, that's left of Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. that worked in the gender clinic for like four years and basically came out about all this kind of stuff. And, and everybody in the room's like, Oh, this is going to be so great. Uh, we're going to get this bill passed. And, and I think I was the only one that, you know, <laughs> spoke up very nicely. I just said, you know, Senator Mion, I don't think that you could have done worse on getting this passed. In fact, if there's a PhD on how to fuck up a bill, I think that you have, you've won this. This is yours. This is yours. Because this is going to work. The way you're handling this, all of this, it's not going to work. You have detransitioner here. you got detransitioner here. you got evangelical right here. Only pe thing people see is, used to be gay. God cured me. That didn't work. You can't do the same thing. And so he laughed. I mean, really good friends. You know, he laughed. He's like, yo, Scott, we'll be okay. I mean, I really like the guy. And I said, when this goes south, call me. And uh, about a week later, he called me. Well, a week before they were going to go into the bill. Uh, we're going to lose this. We're going to lose this bill. So we did something that I've been talking about doing for five years. And it there was something magical that happened. We put together a rally. An evangelical uh, organization led. Me led. So we've got trans, lesbian, evangelical. Really evangelical. Against homosexual. I mean, really. And then we had all these politicians in the middle. We had gay people. We had transgender people. We had liberal people. We had conservative people. And during that rally, halfway through the rally, it was like one uh, politician after another. I remember looking at, at my gays against groomers guy and I went, yeah, this is going to pass. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. They were saying, you know, we should medically transition kids. And they were saying all the right things, but I didn't believe their heart. I didn't, I didn't believe it. And even if you believe something, nobody wants to be responsible for kids killing themselves. Nobody wants to be responsible for that. And I could hear that in the politicians' voices. They were saying all the right things. Then I, uh, then we had, um, you know, the gay people speak and then I spoke and then Antifa, you know, charged the stage and I welcomed them and, you know, they didn't know what to do and left. And, and by the end of the rally, uh, those same politicians came back up and I believed them. I believed them. I believe that they would not back down and they didn't. They spent all night. They wouldn't leave. They wouldn't leave the courthouse until they voted it in. They did not get rid of puberty blockers, which is what a lot of uh, states are doing. Uh, they did not, you know, just get rid of surgeries. They got that whole thing uh, passed. Uh, in fact, they also put a ban on or adults that are doing it, making them get, uh, you know, therapy through it. That Missouri is, is secured. Like that's the biggest bill that we have. The most prominent bill that we have went from, you know, you're getting a PhD on how to fuck this up moon to the best bill in the country. And the reason why it came together is because we all came together and I believed them. And it's the one reason why the ACLU is attacking Missouri because it's the strongest, strongest bill. That is great information. And everybody can go on that is listening, go on and, and look up this bill and really see a good 
framework that people can be working off of um, in their own states and in their own communities then to um, you know help make this actually stick and make this actually work and make this actually help kids help people and help adults too like you mentioned in the bill i think that's key too in all of this as well i just so appreciate it. I've, I've love, I love every, hold on every bill that i have worked on in the united states has passed every single one every single one um i was the first person on the first bill in south dakota that helped write that bill i know how to get those passed i might offend people i really don't care i'm not <laughs> i'm not the the shiny little you know politician that everybody you know, thinks that everybody needs to be, I say it how it is, but I get those bills passed. That's so awesome. That is so, I love to hear that. If anybody listening is like, okay, you know, I want to, I want Scott to come help me, you know, actually move mountains, actually get things done, not just talk about stuff, not just chat on podcasts and, and things like that. I want Scott to help me, you know, get a bill passed or help me make our bill better or what have you. What what do you say to people out there that A, want your help and B, you know, what's kind of your overarching uh, ending to this discussion that we're having? I'll help anybody that re reaches out to me. Um, about four months ago, I actually stopped working because this is all I do now. So, you know, the donations that I get, they're not great, but they help me survive. It helped me, you know, do the rallies that I do. And I, and I go from state to state. I don't say no to anybody um, at all, but there is a secret sauce for getting these things passed. And the secret sauce, uh, unfortunately, in politics, doesn't work real well because we are talking about, you know, society that that's built in these little subtribes. These subtribes have donations. And so what happens is that we all have all these little, these little, you know, subtribes like evangelicals want to be, they want to have basically the title of I stop the transing of kids and feminists want that. I want the stopping of transing kids so I can get all the donations and, you know, and I want this and I want that. And the problem is with this is that this is so ingrained as a, so as a social issue our media is is not telling anybody the truth. The way to get these bills passed, the ways to get these people to understand is to have the LGBTQ lead, period. You need to have somebody in front, whether it be me or Gays Against Groomers or something, you need to have somebody there that every time somebody says, well, you're a bigot, they'll go, well, Scott's right there. He's double quote on the rainbow. Why don't you talk to him? Uh, you know, or or that kind of stuff. I did that with the Ohio bill. And the second time we got it passed, the second time when he came to me in the press conference, they started calling him a bigot. I have a, a video on my on my uh, Twitter at not Scott Nugent because I got kicked off like seven times uh, at not Scott Nugent. That has over 20 million views. That was basically me taking the, the, the senator just go, excuse me, uh, don't call him a bigot. Shame on you. And I just went through the whole thing and it was, it's a really good video. So you need to have the rainbow around you. You need to, regardless of how you feel, it has nothing to do with homosexuality. You need to stop thinking that it has nothing to do with it. You need to separate it and straight people can't separate it, but I can. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, am a hundred percent on board that it doesn't have anything to do with sexuality, especially when it comes to them preying on kids. It has everything to do with, with, um, taking advantage of lost kids, kids that are autistic, you know, you name it, everything under the sun. This is a preying on our kids, um, for a bigger overarching, you know, whatever it is that they're, 
their overarching, um, you know, goal is on all of this. They're coming after our kids in many different ways. And this is, this is one of those ways. And, you know, so I, I'm right there with you and I just so appreciate, you know, your honesty and, um, you know, helping all of us that feel the same way you do and aren't in the middle of it each and every day, you know, understanding it more because that's how we're going to make solutions and come together and do all this because we agree. We agree wholeheartedly. And um, like you said, we just need to, to, to and understand how all of this works and how to actually get things done. So I think that you're just such a, a valuable um in this battle. So I just so appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you too. I, I just signed up, uh, you know, a, a deal with a, a college tour. We're going to be going to some of the major colleges in, around the country. I'm not, I can't say uh, who, who signed me, but it's, it's pretty big and uh, it's going to be pretty major. And it is a Christian organization that signed their first trans lesbian. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Well, we cannot wait to hear um, more about that deal and more about what you're doing with those events. And one more time, I'm going to put up on the screen for people that are watching us, treyvoices.org, T-R-E, voices.org. You can check out his website there, and you can also catch him on all the various social media outlets as well. And we're definitely going to be looking for um, what you're doing with this tour. Scott, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank scream you. Louder. Yes, scream louder. Don't worry about what they're going to say about you. Just scream louder. It's all for the kids. Right. And if you need me, call me. I'm here. I say yes to everything that can help save kids. Everything. That's so great. And I do, I encourage people, please go on there and donate. You know, I do a lot of work with the medical uh, freedom community and so many people are doing the exact same, same thing as you, you know, you're, they're traveling all over the place. They're saying yes to every opportunity. All of this comes out of pocket. People are not, you know, giving these, giving these speakers or these uh, people that are speaking out on no matter what issue it is, they're not getting appearance fees. They're not getting their travel covered. None of that. So whether you're some um, travel, some travel, some travel, but no, yeah. I don't get paid for like, what is a woman all like I said? No, 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 no money, nothing, nah. yeah. nothing. And I don't think people realize that, you know, no matter if it's the medical freedom movement, um, you know, what you're doing with the Rainbow Rebellion, whatever, most people that are out there trying to speak up in whatever arena that they are speaking up in, they're, you know, they're doing so out of the goodness of their heart and, you know, All it's, heart. it's uh, a financial burden for them too. So um, absolutely. So please go on treyvoices.org and support him. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. You guys have care. Have a good 4th of July. Stay. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.